Desk Lady Ada. Hey everybody, and welcome to my desk. It's me, Lady Ada, and it's Hacker O'Clock, 8 o'clock, about 8.30 on a Sunday night. I've been working a lot, actually, this week because the weather got a little colder, so I'm a little bit more indoors, um, working on some new designs and revisions, and I thought I would just get right into it and show you some of the board designs that I've been right. up to this week. What are we doing? Where are we going? Let's go to the computer. Let's go to the computer, sorry. Um, so first up, you know, chip shortage is not over. Uh, you know, nothing nothing ever ends. Um, but there are uh, more parts available. Oh, you know, dude, I forgot to set this back to 720. Hold on. Oh, yeah? Yeah, one second. I forgot that I had this set. Okay. I was, like, wondering, like, why, why is there so much space on my desktop? Okay, you should be able to see the text a little better now. Um... Right, so, so some chips that are um, back in stock, not everything, um, so don't worry, the great search is continuing to find replacements for all the parts that have been end of life or um, you know, discontinued or uh, still unavailable, but there are some parts that are available. So the SI5351 clock generator, people really like this chip. Um, it's really fun because you over I2C, you can tell it to generate, I think, like up to 160 megahertz signal. So... Uh, ham radio people, RF people, but even just people who are like, I just need a clock of like some freaky ass amount. Um, you can use their calculator to generate basically any frequency from 8 kilohertz to 160 megahertz, which is uh, great for um, reference clocks. Um, so, oh my goodness, there's so many boards. Hold on. This is the TPS. This is the... I got to find it because I wanted to show you guys a bunch of things okay so this is the um this is the design let me turn on the t-docu layer so you can see what's going on here um so i decided to qtfi this design i'm still going to sell the three sma version um but i thought i'd make like a small version a lot of people only need like one signal um or they're they're popping this into a dev board and maybe they don't need something as big as you know like I kind of wanted to find some alternative um, to just having one gigantic board with three SMA connectors. So this is uh, a QT, and it's got the level shifting. Um, I just picked a smaller crystal, so it all fits. Same chip, level shifting. And then what I did is this kind of like funky design where there's this edge launch SMA, but they have 0.1 inch spacing. So what I ended up doing is having like signal, ground, signal, ground, signal, and then only the signal number one, the middle one, is, you know, SMA edge launch. Because, again, there's no mechanical space to have more than um, <coughs> one edge launch RF connector. But I think that's okay. Because I think, again, a lot of people only need one signal. And if you need all three, you pop in a breadboard. And then, of course, you get interspersed grounds, which is even better. Um, so this is a prototype. You can see, you know, the pads will be just really big here. But um, otherwise, this will be a fun little stomach utification. Okay, so the next up, let's go in order. Um, we made the Metro Mini V2 a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago, um, and it's in the store. Um, folks, remember, it's got the Atmega 328P, and then there's a QT connector, and the QT connector is 5-volt power and logic. And um, Adafruit Stemic QT boards are three or five volt 
um, compatible, even on that SI5351 you just saw, there's always a regulator and there's always a level shifter. And it's like, it's just kind of my thing. I really, I don't like breakup, unless there's some really good reason, I like my breakup boards to be level shifted and power protected because there's still a lot of people using Arduino Unos. Um, there's a lot of beginners who they accidentally put nine volts into the you know power supply or whatever. Having a regulator and level shifter just protects you a little bit. Just like it would be such a bummer to destroy you know a fifteen dollar OLED because you accidentally put five volts into three volt line, and I've absolutely seen that happen. So all of our breakout boards have level shifters, but if you're using like quick boards or some other breakout boards that have that JSTSH connector, they may not have level shifting. They may be three volts only. So I made um, a little board that just, all it does is have the five volt regulator and level shifter, and there's no chip. So it's like normally there'd be a chip or sensor here. And it's just split in half where it's like five volts in, three volts out. So it's gonna be like really inexpensive. It's only be a couple dollars, but it's, if you want to breadboard, with STEMIQT connectors and have level shifting, you know, this does everything for you. It's kind of like breadboard adapter slash level shifter slash, you know, floor polish slash dessert topping. Um, so a very simple little breakout board, but I thought would be, you know, very handy. And you can see that nice silk screen um, because we now, of course, have uh, the Penguin script that we run on boards um, to make them very pretty before we uh, get prototypes made. Um, Next up, another uh, QTification. I, have to, I haven't run Penguin on this one. The ADT7410. Um, this is a um, very nice precision temperature sensor from um, analog devices. Uh, this was um, one that we did uh, as a partnership with DigiKey and ADI, but it's a very nice chip. It's like literally the last sensor we made before we started making everything STEMI QTFI'd. It was just like, you can see, it's got like that same like shape and size, but it didn't quite make it to have the JSTSH connector. So we're gonna revise um, this one as well, uh, cause this chip is in stock. So when we sell through, um, we'll stock the, you know, STEMI QT version, just trying to get everything into the same format, same pin order, same, um, connectors just for, you know, cross compatibility, no soldering um, support. So that's the, yeah, this is the ADT. So the only thing I had to drop is the um, address pins are now jumpers on the back. You know, that's the trade-off when you go with stomach UTs. I really like to have those four mounting holes. Um, I just think it, I just think it makes it much more useful for people because you can like turn it into a wearable by sewing the four corners or, um, if you want to attach it into a case, you have many, many options for where to attach to. Um, but, you know, I had to drop the address pins. But usually you don't use the address pins. Usually they're on the back and you solder them closed on the off chance that you need to change the address. So that's the ADT temperature sensor. Um, next, I'm going to go a little out of order. Uh, so uh, the Pi Cowbells... Um, or Pico Bells. These, um, I got a little distracted for a bit. I know we like, designed these a few months ago and I was like, no, I'm totally gonna do these. And then like, I ended up just getting totally distracted with a whole bunch of revisions and new products and stuff. Um, so as a reminder, we can go to the overhead. I can show the, the previous version because I did get the prototypes in. I wanted to start with making, you know, boards for um, 
as we have Pico, so I always start with a prototyping shield because it's kind of like the, you know, it's what I use then to design the rest of whatever I design. Um, so with this, uh, it just breaks out all the pins. You, you can barely see the text, but there's, you know, the, there's labeled text. There's um, these white stripes on the ground pads, so you know, because like the ground pads are how you count the pins. And then um, we also soldered a little, uh, you know, this, I put this one together and I put it with stacking headers and then there's a um, right angle um, uh, reset button because I figured that would be kind of nice to have at the end. But then as I was working on it, you know, working, I was like, ah, oh, you know, I really want to, especially when the Pico W came out, I think a lot of people want to add sensors very easily. And, you know, if you're going to have this prototyping shield thing, it would be really cool if it also um, had a stomach UT connector. But there's not a lot of space on this. So what I ended up doing, um, you can go to the overhead. First up, I changed the, sorry, the uh, computer. <coughs> First up, I changed the through hole to a surface mount right angle switch, which meant me, you know, I had a little bit more space for text here. And then um, I wanted to have the stomach QT. Now, I couldn't have this and the button on the same side. There's just like literally you can't fit them next to each other without dropping some of those pads. And I don't want to break, drop the breakout pads are kind of the most useful part. So the stomach QT actually comes out the same side as the USB connector, which I think I think it's okay. You know, it's a trade-off. I think, you know, if you're going to plug in a cable, you're going to plug in USB, and then maybe you plug in the stomach QT, you know, and you have just cables coming out one end. On the other end, you have the button. It's, I think it would be tougher if the button was, like, if I swapped orientation because then the button you'd have to reach under the USB cable. Um, so this is a stomach UT connector, and um, it's connected to ground in 3 volts because that's the logic level and power supply. And then, uh, let me find the thing. So in the uh, Pico core for Arduino... Um, they do have a default setting for what the wire port is, and it's on GPIO 4 and 5. And so I actually just, um, I kind of just like said, okay, fine, you know, I'll just connect these automatically to 4 and 5. So you see uh, down here, GPIO 4 and 5 are pre-connected. Um, I didn't add pull-up resistors because, again, all of our stomach QT boards, and all the quick boards as well, have pull-ups. Also, I just didn't want to add... I think it's kind of like, this is, you know, people really complain I'm going to add pull-ups later, but I think for most people, they're using breakout boards with, um, you know, pull-up, uh, you know, the, the pull-ups are built in and they'll, they'll pull it up to 3.3 volts. And so I think that's, I think that's fine. Um, so this is the stem QT port on this side and then, you know, the fuchsial. So this is going to be a very easy uh, breakout to make. And then, you know, we've got a little grid of, of pads here. You know, you can add other sensors or breakouts or, you know, you can't really fit a dip chip, um, but you can fit one anyways because it's such a small amount of space in there. But maybe like resistors, capacitors, maybe like, you know, 0.1 inch header. So, you know, this cowbell is going to be the first one. Um, and then I'll, I'll get to the others. I just was like, I, I couldn't quite get into this big project. All right. And then, oh, we're getting, we're getting close to done. Okay. So then... Um, this is a, you know, solderless Stemma breakout board. You know, I have a couple of these for some, um, things like relays. Like, you know, it's like whenever there's a couple of 
things that people want to use together and have noticed that it's um, they want to use it solderless, I'll make something with one of these JSTPH connectors, like a big chunky connector. Um, for example, let's see, I think I have like a Stemma uh, relay board. So like this board, for example, um, you know, it's just a JSTPH and then a little bit of circuitry for say like running a relay. And I saw someone in the forums having an issue where they're like, well, I really want a very powerful infrared transmitter. And I was like, oh yeah, like you really need like a MOSFET and you know, like a, or a power transistor and you need the LEDs and you want more than one. And it's like, it's actually a little bit, it's not easy to wire up. Um, there's just a couple of things that you need to do. And so I thought, oh, maybe I'll make a little breakout. Could also be useful for accessibility uh, projects where it's like, okay, I want to make an IR blaster. And so this has, you know, power, ground, and signal. You can use three or five volts. It goes into this end channel FET, which has a natural pull down. So it's, you know, normally off. And then when you send the signal, it'll turn on and pulse these LEDs. And I sourced some LEDs that are like very, they're basically as powerful as the through hole ones, but they're surface mount. One points up. So this is the, the vertical one, and this is the right angle one. So one points out, one points up. Because I was like, oh, you know, people are going to want to have it, you know, cover an area. And it's always like, do you want it pointing out or pointing up? And I was like, well, let's have one of each. Who cares? They're like, you know, 10, 15 cents each. Each has its own resistor, and it's um, just powered by this transistor. So very simple. And then a little LED to let you know when the signal, because infrared is not... Human visible, this would have a little red indicator to let you know, okay, there was signal received. So this is a um, simple little breakout just to solve that kind of problem, which I've, I've seen a couple times. Okay, and then finally, um, I made a breakout for the TPS 61040, um, but also, you know, maybe... A, a different one. We'll talk about that in a minute. You know, once in a while when you're using OLEDs or LCDs, TFTs, or like some, you know, there's, there's sensors. Once in a while you, you need a bias voltage of like 12 volts. It's not like you need a lot of current. Maybe you need like 50 milliamps, 100 milliamps, but you need like a little bit of current or a, a little bit of current at a high voltage to like bias or um, enable some signal. If you're doing audio, sometimes like you, your, your audio amps you need a 12 volt power rail. Even if your signal doesn't go up to 12 volts, you still need a lot of headroom. Uh, so we want to make a little boost converter breakout uh, for this TPS-061040. Um, th this chip is a replacement for another boost converter that we really used to use a ton of, the FAN5331. But um, as I was designing a FAN5331 breakout, I realized that it's um, end of life and so I had to find a replacement. So the TPS 61040 is the one I've, I've picked, one of the ones I've picked so far, which uh, which leads us into the great search, but maybe there's some Keep questions. No, let's just do rolling. it. The great search brought to you by IGK Native. Thanks, IGK. This is time of the week where ladies use their power of engineering to help you find the things you want to find on digikey.com. What are you looking for this week, Lady Ada? Okay, so this week, 
Um, chip shortage is not quite ending. It's relaxing a little bit, but there's still a lot of parts that didn't make it to the other side. And one of those uh, is the Fan 5331. Now you might be saying, Lady Ada, you covered the fi Fan 5331 a couple months ago. I remember that you found an alternative for it. No, no, no. My friend, that was the Fan 5333, which is the constant current version of this boost converter. I'm now going to be looking at the uh, constant voltage output version of this boost converter. The boost converter before was what I used for LED backlights on 4, 7, 10 inch TFT displays. It's one, you know, big LED chains um, where you want to have a constant current of 20 milliamps through multiple chains of LEDs. The Fan 5331 is what I use. Um, oftentimes for e-ink and OLED and TFT displays where I need a bias voltage, um, especially for OLEDs, this is very common. You need to give it a nine, 12, 16 volt bias uh, to activate the OLED, even though it's not like the main power source, you do need, you know, 50 milliamps or so, maybe 20 to 50 milliamps um, available for all sorts of devices. Um, as I just mentioned, sometimes audio circuitry also, you'll need uh, plus 12 volts. Even if you're not using a full 12 volts for your audio signal, the rails need to be higher because you need a headroom for your audio amplifiers and they, they go up to maybe six volts. So um, again, you know, for, for biasing, this isn't a power, well, it's not what I would call a power boost converter. Um, although if you only need 100 milliamps, then it'll do the job as well. So let's go to the computer and let's look at this chip. So the Fan 5331, uh, I really, really love this boost converter. Um, 1.6 megahertz uh, frequency, adjustable up to 20 volts, and it has a built-in one amp peak current switch, and it comes in a SOT 23.5. This thing is like, it was like bread and butter. Like I could toss into any circuit. It was, you know, about a buck or less, and it was just, it did the job beautifully, perfectly, and they never blew up. Uh, they were super stable. Um, low shutdown current, low RDS on, lovely, lovely chip. So you're like, wow, why don't you just buy more from DigiKey? That's a great question. If you were to find this part on DigiKey, you would see it is last time buy. Last time buy means uh, they will do one more run. And then, uh, you know, if you need a couple years worth, please put in a couple years worth that you need to complete your manufacturing until you can change over to another part. Um, I will do a last time buy because I, you know, I, I like to have some backup for, uh, yeah, sometimes you find an alternative and the alternative isn't quite perfect. You might as well put in that last time buy order. However, I've also learned sometimes last time buy means no, that's it. We actually are never going to send it to you. Um, I'm looking at you, STMP. 811, whose last time buy lasted two years, and then I never actually got the part, and then they told me they will never send it to me. So it does happen. Not saying it's going to happen here, but I've learned when I see last time buy, I find an alternative <laughs> immediately. So there are a couple alternatives suggested, but actually, um, I wanted to. You know, some of these might be okay, but let's let's use our uh, patented searchability to find something similarness. Uh, so we want a DC-DC um, regulator with internal switches and one output. I'm not as picky about the internal, you know, the, the min and max uh, input voltages because, again, it can be wider, it can be a little narrower. Basically, as long as it's 3 to 5 volts. 
Um, I'll try to find something with about 20 volts, one amp switch, and hopefully high frequency. I do want it in SOT 23.5. I want it ideally to be pin compatible so and functionally compatible so I don't have to um, redesign. Okay. So, and then, you know, we're going to look at pricing at 1,000 pieces. Um, so this is fun. This is, this is the, you know, this image is not uh, correct because this is SOT 23.5, but it's good to know. And there's a couple obsolete parts. Here's that fan 5331. So this is, you know, last time by. And then a couple others in that family, you can see the fan 5333 is also last time by. So let's, um, let's have a look at active. And that'll, that'll cut it down like half. So only 30 options now. I also want to look for normally stocking only because some of these are you're not you're not available. Um, I don't mind if it's marketplace. That's okay. Uh, one thing I'll note is a few of these are step down. They're not boost converters. Um, like this one. This is a regulator, and this is a regulator, and they're um, step down converters, not uh, step up converters. So we do want to. Um, Note that, you know, you, you want to make sure you pick both SEPIC style and step up. Uh, SEPIC is a single-ended something-something converter. It basically, you know, it's usually a buck boost. Sometimes you can configure, you know, by adding more trans yeah, more um, shocky diodes and more inductors, you can kind of reconfigure it so it's okay if the voltage goes a little bit under or above. Um, that's okay. We'll just uh, select both. Uh, the voltage supply max is fine. The voltage supply min, all these are fine. They all cover three to five volts. That's fine. And the voltage outputs are for these are also fine because they just want at least 20 volts. Um, the current output per channel, um, again, this is confusing because there's output and switch. Usually they're spec'd by the switch, I will say. Um, so that said, if you look at um, the switch current, you're not going to get, you know, there is one that's 2.8 amps, and it's like, wow, that's cool. Um, but it's out of stock. It's the LM3410. Uh, Currently not in stock, um, so that's a little sad. Maybe I'll actually say I only want to look at in stock ones as well. Okay, so back here. So the current output channel. So, you know, basically there's five 550 milliamps. That's kind of the max, so if that's... If that current output is important to me, um, the LM2704F, it's a little bit more expensive. It's $1.25 on tape and reel. Um, but, you know, it does, it, it's, it does do the job. It's adjustable up to 20 volts. Uh, you know, built-in switch is half as much, 550 milliamps. Uh, great for LCD bias supplies. What, is, what a coincidence. And then, you know, this is basically your, your classic circuit, which is the same circuit you'd use for the fan 5331. And um, I did check the pinout. The pinout is identical. Uh, I, can, uh, I can quickly uh, look it up to verify for you. So it's switch, ground, feedback, shutdown, be in. And this is switch, ground, feedback, shutdown, VN. So one, two, three, four, five, it's in the same order um, and the same circuit. Although the feedback resistors may have to be adjusted, but that's not a big deal. 
Um, but otherwise, this looks you know, very similar. You have to give it the shocky diode and the inductor and does the rest. So this one's good. Um, however, you know, for a lot of the bias circuits, I don't need necessarily uh, 550 milliamps. I'm, I'm glad it's available. And then, of course, if I'm willing to spend even more, there is a version that has a built-in um, 2.8 amp switch. So that's good to know. And it's actually kind of nice. It's also 1.6 megahertz. Again, it's more expensive. The original FanFi 331 was about 75 cents. This is $1.50, but there is something available, the LM3410, so it's good to know. Um, but for my purposes, I'm actually kind of okay with using, you know, 350 milliamp switch. So, again, I only need like 10, maybe 20 milliamps at 12, 9 to 12 volts. It's not a huge, again, it's not a power converter. It's a bias generator. So, I'm actually okay with this one, the LM uh 2703 right because again this comes in a family the 2304 2704 and then the 2705 all you know they you you pay more for the bigger switches um but this one does the job and hey it's in stock hard to beat um but this will do the job quite well again 2.2 to 7 volts in up to 21 volts output simple boost converter uh and it'll do the job and then um pin compatible. So I can just drop it in. And for almost all of my OLED biasing needs, uh, this chip will work quite well. And that's a great search. Okie dokie, here's a question. Uh, when you have two or more IR LEDs, is there a possibility of timing issues with one being ever so faster than the other? No. LEDs are instant, essentially instantaneous. Okay. Uh, let me check the other spot. Do, 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 do. Uh, do we have a graphic for a dying chip end of life? Uh, no. Um, you know. Your little halo on top of yeah. it. Yeah. Plus the heaven, you know. Yeah. There's a place. They all frolic. Yeah. On the circuit board in the I sky. Don't I, I don't know if I'm ready to, uh, <laughs> it's a to do that one yet. Um, we'll see. Yeah. Ask me next week. Okay. That was Desk of Late Data. We'll be doing all, right. all of our regular shows throughout the week. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us this Sunday night. Thank you, everybody. Lots of live shows this week. Take care. Stay dry. <laughs>